Dara! Bedtime! Okay, this time I nearly am finished, Mom. Only I'm part of a team, and I'm the wizard. And if I drop out now, they're not going to be able to defeat the dragon. You understand? Didn't you warn your friends when your bedtime is? Don't they have bedtimes themselves? Well, uh, actually, some of them are American. So it's much, much earlier over there. Barely dinner time. We're a global kids' net. And I'm sure you'll still be a global kids' net tomorrow, too. Hang on, Mum, just a little bit. In a minute. I'm about to... Oh, no. Oh, man. What? Tasty. The dragon ate me, and then Jake in California had to go for his dinner. All right. Now, will you settle down for your story? Oh, yeah. Where were we? We did Asia and North America, so that leaves South America, right? Right. And then we've connected all the corners of Anansi's web and we're ready to meet the West African spider god Anansi himself at the centre of all stories in his worldwide web of the imagination. This had better be worth it. So what's tonight's story? Well, I was wondering, do you feel powerful when you play at being your wizard? I know, I know. Not as powerful as the magical world of the imagination. Give it a rest, Mum. I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking about how sometimes, when we become different people or even fantasy creatures in our mind, when we take new forms, we discover hidden parts of ourselves. If your wizard is very brave or very wise in the game, maybe you take a little bit of that wisdom and bravery back into your ordinary life. Do you think? Maybe. So games are good then. Feeding the imagination. In moderation, yes. In the Amazon rainforest of South America, the world's largest jungle, the native Amazonians used to tell stories of forest odyssey. A hero wanders the darkened forest alone, meeting animals, birds and spirits, overcoming challenges, dangers and trials before coming home to the safety of their tribe, little bit transformed by the experience. Like a quest game. A lot like that. Except they didn't have computers or phones, so they had to use their imaginations. Want to give it a go? All right. Close your eyes. First, imagine the shadowy forest. The huge tree trunks wider than a car. The air is hot and steamy, like it was boiled in a kettle. Over your head, the leaves are whispering, then crashing as monkeys leap through the branches. Parrots scream high above you, rainbow feathers bright against the leaves. And somewhere in the shadows lurks the fierce jaguar, mighty king of the forest, his fur spotted black and gold like splashes of sunlight through jungle leaves. And now... Hear the voice of Shuau, our Brazilian storyteller. Opa, Dara. Tudo bem? How are you tonight? Great. Thanks, Shuau. All ready for my Amazon quest. I've imagined myself a raincoat and boots for the trek. That's good. For tonight, we are going far, far upriver to the Ticuna people who live in the deep forest. Many native Amazonians tell the story of a forest odyssey, but only the Tikuna's odyssey stars a young girl who dreams of becoming a butterfly. A girl's story? That's new. 
Do you have an ancient Irish story about a girl, Mum? I do indeed. And she even becomes a butterfly. One of the oldest Irish stories, more than a thousand years old, called The Wooing of Aidan. Aidan? Isn't that a boy's name? E-father, T-A-I-father-N. It was a girl's name in ancient Ireland. Today it's pronounced Aethon, but back then it was Aidan. I'm being authentic. The story tells of proud Mither, fairy king of the elf mounds of Brelay and Longford, who fell in love with Aidan, beautiful daughter of the king of Ulster. Oh, it's a love story. Should have known it would be a love story. My story is not a love story, and has the whole tribe of spider monkeys in it, and the jaguar. See, Mum, their story's got a jaguar. Beat that. You see, the Tikuna people of the deep Amazon are unusual. For one of their greatest traditional ceremonies is the initiation of girls into women. It is called the Pelazon Ceremony. If the girl chooses to go through the Pelazon, she must spend a year in isolation away from her tribe, learning ways of womanhood from her grandmother. Then, when she returns to her tribe, she is covered from head to toe in cloth before she is revealed as a new woman in her bright feather headdress, like a butterfly coming out of its cocoon. Like the girl in the story who dreams about becoming a butterfly. Indeed, in the big Maloka gathering house at the center of the village, villagers in masks play roles of demons that she is now strong enough to conquer. There are days of feasting and dancing, and that is how a Tikuna girl becomes a woman. So, this is their story of a Tikuna girl, Shimijue, who wanders away from her tribe into the tropical forest, encounters many demons, then returns home as a butterfly. In our Irish story, the butterfly is a rebirth, as the ancient Irish believed the soul can travel between many forms. When the fairy king Mither brought the human princess Aidan home to be his wife, she was the dearest and gentlest and loveliest in all Ireland, bought from her father by her weight in gold and silver. But Mither already had another wife, a fairy witch named Fumnock, who was jealous of beautiful Aidan. Wait, he already had a wife? He can't do that. Is he allowed to do that? Well, it certainly wasn't a good idea. Mither's fairy wife got jealous, as jealous as Snow White's wicked stepmother. And what about this buying wives with gold and silver thing? Did Aiden agree to that? Did her dad even ask her? The wooing of Aiden is a legendary love story, Dara. Like Romeo and Juliet. Or when Harry met Sally. It is by far and away the most romantic thing that is ever supposed to have happened in Longford. Don't spoil it by thinking too hard. Sorry, Mum. So... When Aidan sat down in the middle of the house on her first night in Longford, the witch wife, Fumnock, said, You have taken the place of a good woman, hit her with a scarlet rod and turned her into a pool of water. One minute she was a beautiful lady, the next she was a puddle, melted completely away, like a nice lolly on a hot day. 
like the Wicked Witch in the Wizard of Oz? I'm melting! Melting! Exactly like that. Except this time it was the Wicked Witch melting our Dorothy. But then, a most amazing thing happened. The puddle dried up in the heat of the fire and it turned into a caterpillar. And the caterpillar transformed into the most beautiful, bright purple butterfly as big as a man's head. Her eyes glowed like precious stones. Her voice was as sweet as a harp. The fragrance from her beating wings could make anyone forget to eat or drink. And a drop of dew from those wings would cure any sickness. She flew around Mither everywhere, and he never wanted another wife while the butterfly rested on his shoulder. So, you see, it is a great romance. Why? Because she turned into a bug? Indeed. Mither might be able to buy a wife with a big pile of silver and gold, but when Aiden became a butterfly, she was free to fly anywhere she wanted. She had to choose to stay by Mither's side, and he wanted no one else either. There's many a relationship today that wouldn't last if one of them turned into a bug, you know. That's a special connection right there. Mither loved her, even as a bug. Good thing he did, otherwise he might have squashed her. In the Amazon rainforest, we have a blue morpho butterfly that really is as big and as beautiful as the magical butterfly in your Irish tale. Wings as wide as a human head and sparkling blue brighter than a summer sky. One morning, a young girl of the Tikuna tribe named Chimijui was sitting by the greatest maluka, the gathering house of her village, and weaving a basket when a sparkling blue morpho butterfly fluttered out of the trees. Shimitui was forbidden from going into the forest. Boys and men sometimes went there to hunt, but women and girls stayed home to farm and cook and weave. That's not fair. Why can't the girls hunt? Because the boys didn't want to stay home and weave baskets. Well, Shimidui was very curious to see mm-hmm. what secrets were hidden in the forest and wished she could exploit it herself though she was also afraid. The forest was dark and full of mystery, with dangerous animals and magical spirits. When Shimidui saw the beautiful butterfly that flew out of it, she felt that the forest could not be evil. She played at being the butterfly, flapping her wings and swooping side to side like the blue morpho flies. The butterfly's mesmerizing wings flashed and glittered ahead of her, and she could not take her eyes off it. Suddenly, the butterfly snapped its wings and flew quickly away, up, up into the high canopy of leaves above. Canopy? The canopy is the leaf ceiling that is made by all the branches of forest weaving together, so thick that the spider monkeys can jump from tree to tree to tree without ever touching the ground and only little spots of sunlight make to the forest floor. As a butterfly disappeared into the bright canopy of rustling leaves, Shimidue blinked, as if it break a spell. She looked around her, all sides, 
She saw nothing but trees. No path, no patch of sunlight. Just dark and spooky shadows all around and monkeys hooting in the branches high above. It was scary for Shimijui. Even scarier than the big dark forest in Little Red Riding Hood? That forest was a few Christmas trees compared to the Amazon. Suddenly, Shimidui heard a knock on the wood. Knock, knock, knock. She thought maybe it was the axes of her father and brothers cutting down trees for firewood. She ran towards the sound. But when she got there, she saw it was only a woodpecker with a flaming crest beating on the bark of a tree with his bill. Shimidue sighed. <sighs> if only he were human, she thought, he could show me the way home. The bird jerked his head around to look at her. I could show you right now, he screeched. But why should I help a human? And he flew away. Shimidui walked on, and it seems to her she saw a maloka hut with her grandmother waving in it. With a shout of joy, she ran to her. Oh, yay! Only for the vision of the hunt and the old woman to break into feathers and fly into the branches. It was Atinamo's enchantment. The Tinamo is a shy and secretive bird running around the forest like a hen, often heard but rarely seen. Their camouflage feathers blend into the forest so well that Tikuna hunters believed the Tinamo hid themselves with magical illusion, even able to enchant its wings to look like a hut and a grandmother. These Tinamo scratched down at Shimidoi. How dare you try to shelter under me? How many of my brothers and sisters have you humans cooked and eaten? And it flew off. Why are all the birds being so mean to her? Because the Tikuna had not been taking care of the forest. They cut down the trees for farming and firewood. They hunted animals. And they didn't give anything back. If you don't take care of the forest, why should the forest take care of you? You see, Dara, not all stories about girls are mushy love stories. Some of them are about environmentalism and basket weaving. Yours was a mushy love story, though. It isn't over yet. For the jealous witch, Fumna, <sighs> could see that Mither was in love with the butterfly and had no eyes for any other woman. And she knew that the butterfly was Aidan. So... She conjured up a mighty wind and blew Aidan right off Mother's shoulder. The wind blew her all over Ireland for seven years, never letting her rest except on the rocks of the ocean. Like Chimijue lost in the Amazon forest, Aidan too was getting bullied by nature, helpless against the power of wind and magic. Poor Aidan. Poor Aidan is right. She had only just made her first free choice to be with Mither and now here she was again, just a pawn in other people's games of power. When the seven years were over, Aidan found a place to rest and friendship in the sunbower of the legendary hero Angus. Sunbower? Like a greenhouse, only they didn't have glass back then. But Fumnock got wind of this. And I mean got wind. 
She blew the butterfly right out of the sun bower with her magic winds and blew her all around Ireland for another seven years with no mercy. Finally, after 14 years of this, poor Aidan was so weak that when she tried to land on the roof of an Ulster house, she fell off and into the golden cup of the wife of one of the champions of Ulster who accidentally drank her up. She accidentally drank her. I thought the Aiden butterfly was the size of a man's head. It's a great Irish romance, Dara. Don't think too deeply about it. So, the wife of the great Ulster champion swallowed the butterfly Aiden, and she became pregnant and Aiden was reborn as their little daughter. And they called their daughter Aiden too. 1,012 years after the first birth of Aiden. Hang on, hang on, hang on. How did they know to call her Aiden? And how come it's been a thousand years? You said she was blown around by Fumlock for seven years, and then for another seven years. That's 14 years. What happened to the other thousand? And how did the woman get pregnant by swallowing a fly? Is that really how babies are made? I think it's time we went back to the Amazon and caught up with how Chimidue is doing. Oh, yes. Well... Shimidui was wandering in the forest, hungry and tired, not knowing which plant or mushrooms to eat or where was safe to rest. A sorb of fruit dropped down at her feet and she looked up to see a gang of spider monkeys picking and eating sorb of fruits in the branch high above. She remembered her grandmother telling her that the spider monkeys is a lot like human. So she thought that the sorva fruit must be safe to eat if the monkeys could eat it. All day long she followed the monkeys and ate the fruit that the monkeys picked and dropped. Now that's using her brain. Indeed. For her whole life in the village, Shimidwe had always had grown-ups, grandparents, uncles, aunts, mother and father to tell her what to do, what was safe, and what was not, where she could go and where was forbidden. Now, alone in the dark forest, she had nobody to listen to but the voice inside herself. And Shimidui did not know yet whether she could trust that voice. But even though she was alone in the forest, her grandmother's teachings were still guiding her. And that's why I tell you stories, Dara. You just never know when you might need one. When am I going to need a story about a woman swallowing a bug as big as her head? I'm sure that's secretly a very deep metaphor. Perhaps you'll figure out what it means when you least expect it. As big as her head! And she didn't even notice! <clears throat> May I continue, Dara? Ah, sorry, Joao. Off you go. Shimidwe followed the monkeys all day until night fell. As the sky grew dark, the spider monkeys climbed down from the trees and wanderer of wanderers. As soon as they touched the ground, they transformed into people, all chattering together and hooting with laughter. The monkey people spotted Shimidui alone on the forest floor and gathered around her excitedly. They asked all about who she was and where she came from, then told her they could take her home. 
They seemed to know exactly where she lived and who her Tikuna people were. All Shimitue had to do was come with them to a party deep in the jungle. And when they had partied all night, they would go home in the morning. Shimidwe did not know if she could trust them, but what else could she do? How else could she get home? But a party? With wild animals? That could be dangerous. You're such a mother. I think it could be fun. I bet monkeys are great dancers. And maybe they have stories about the forest. Monkeys chatter a lot, but they say very little. Thinking bores them, and new things excite them. So, they made Shimidui their new toy. They brought her to a huge malaka hut in the forest, where monkey people were painting their faces and putting on masks. Drums and rattles and flutes made wild music as the monkey people danced. In the middle of it all was the Lord of Monkeys, sitting in his crown of feathers. He stared at Shimidue in a way that made her very uncomfortable, even in the middle of the party. But she didn't want to be rude by saying anything. Always a mistake. Eventually, all the party-goers got sleepy and crawled into their hammocks to rest. Deep snores came from the hammock of the Lord of Monkeys. The more that Shimidue listened to his snores, the more he seems to be growling I will eat Shimidue. She could not be sure. Was his voice a snore or a growl? Did he really say he would eat her? She went cold and shivered. Looking at the back of the Lord of Monkeys, she thought she could see the spot of a jaguar skin. Was it real? Or was it the spots of a moonlight and shadow shining through the Malacca's roof that looked so much like a jaguar's fur? Creepy. That's the way it happens. Red Riding Hood goes off the path because she didn't listen to her mother. And next thing, she meets a wolf. Chimichue gets lost in the forest and she meets a jaguar. The European mammies who made up the story of Little Red Riding Hood were halfway around the world from the Amazonian to Kuna mummies, but they had the same message to teach. So, a little thread of imagination connected them in Anansi's web. Poor Shimidui. She had always had grown-ups to tell her what was safe and what was not, who to trust and who to not. What if she only imagined the growls in the monkey's lord snoring? What if he was not a jaguar? She might run away and be lost in the forest forever when the monkeys could have taken her home. But if he really was a jaguar, if he really was dreaming of eating her, she did not know yet how to trust her inner voice. Always trust your instincts. Mom, you're interrupting the story. But it reminds me of my own story. Aiden had been born again in the world as a human with no memory of her past lives. And she grew up into a beautiful royal lady. And on a hill by her home, a man came to her, disguised as the king's brother, who finally revealed that he was Mither. He told Aiden that he was her husband from her old life, that once she rode on his shoulder as a butterfly, and that he had found her even in this new form. A little voice inside her 
told her that she could trust him. But she could not remember ever seeing him. The Irish used to call this the Anam Cara, when you meet a person for the first time but feel you've known them forever. They believed this was a sign that your souls were once friends in a different life. So it was with Mither and Aidan. But she did not trust her feelings and told Mither that she would not go with him unless the king agreed. So, Mither goes off to play with the king at Fidchel, the ancient Irish chess. And the first game, he bets 50 mighty horses, lets the king win and pays him the horses. The second game, he lets the king win and he pays him in boars and rams and cattle, cloaks and swords, hundreds of things, more booty and swag than you could shake a stick at. So, for the next game, Mither had to clear all the stones from Meath and build a causeway over a bog and many more difficult tasks. The king is asking a lot, isn't he? Mither didn't care. All that mattered to him was winning that last game of Fithkel when the stake was whatever he wished for and Mither could wish for a kiss from Aidan. So, on the night they were supposed to kiss, Mither put his right arm around her and <gasps> lifted her up through the skylight of the king's court. Like Superman? Exactly like Superman, but better looking and with yellow hair. And by Mither's fairy powers, the two transformed into swans, those faithful birds that mate for life. For Mither and Aidan were faithful even across many lifetimes, even insect life. For a thousand years they had been in love. And we are still telling their love story a thousand years later. For a woman's heart is like a butterfly, delicate perhaps, yet brave enough to cross oceans, beautiful when flying free and crushed when it gets caught. So, in the form of swans, Mither and Aidan circled over the king and his court, then flew home together to their fairy mound in Longford. And that is why people say that Longford is the most romantic place in all of Ireland. I knew it was going to be a mushy love story. How are we getting on in the Amazon? Is the jaguar going to eat Chimijue? Nope. She trusted her inner voice and ran away from the monkeys before they woke up. Far away into the jungle, all alone, not knowing what would happen, crying and afraid. Then, just as the pink light of dawn fell through the leaves, a blue morpho butterfly came fluttering out of the trees and circled around Shimidui's head as if inviting her to follow. She followed the butterfly until they found themselves looking across the wide Amazon river at the village of Shimidui's people. How could she have crossed the river without realizing? How could the creatures of the Amazon change their shape? Why was nothing the way it seemed? Shimidui realized there was a big world out there that didn't follow the same rules as her little village. She closed her eyes and wishes herself across the river. When her eyes opened, she found herself flying on bright, beating wings. Shimidue was transformed into a butterfly herself. Together with her butterfly friend, she flew across the wide, muddy waters of the Amazon. When she landed on the ground of her own village, she turned back into a human. 
in time for her grandmother to hug her. But she always carried the wings of the butterfly in her heart. And so the story ends. How do you say goodbye in Brazilian? Portuguese. Portuguese, Joao. Portuguese. Thanks for the story. No, Portuguese is not goodbye, Dara. Portuguese is... Ah, never mind. Até logo. You're welcome. You see, darling, long before you were becoming wizards and warriors in your quest games, people were taking new forms in their imaginations and learning lessons from them. So what's left? You'll find that out next time. But now it really is time to sleep. Maybe in your dreams you can explore the Amazon yourself. Night, Mom. Good night, darling. Nancy's Web was written by Bridget McCone and directed by Hugh Hick. It featured Nicole Rourke as Cleaner and Alex Kelly as Dara. This week's guest storyteller Joao was played by Marcio Ville. Additional music was composed by Justin McCann and the series was produced by Heather McLeod. And Nancy's Web is a Hugh Hick, Heather McLeod production for RTE, funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.